Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to The Weekly Movie Show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Ben Nee. Hi there, George and Connor. Hi there. You've been doing? included, Connor. I, I never noticed you there, like off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> Big show this week, guys. We've got top five news stories, trailer time, Georgia Star Wars Connor and question of the week a little bit later on. Before we get into that, we're meeting up. It's the weekend. It's Sunday. How's the week been? Have you have you had time to chuck anything on? It's a lot of preamble. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's settle in. You always try and phrase it like you're asking let's how we are, coffee. but we always know where it ends. You don't care. I, I just want to know what you've been watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's, well, tell I, me. I'm happy to go ahead. Um, you can usually like kind of guess what I've watched this week by what's come out on Netflix. Um, but uh, Doctor Strange was uh, put out on Netflix this week in Australia. Oh, was it? Cool. Yeah. So I gave that a, a watch. It's the first time I've watched it since the cinemas. Um, I feel like I was pretty lenient on Doctor Strange when I first watched it in the cinemas. I feel like everyone was. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of, I, I kind of have cooled on it um, for my for my second viewing. Um, something about um, Cumberbatch that just he doesn't strike me as the arrogant doctor. Um, I mean, I just I don't kind of that that early stage like him as Doctor Strange is I think pretty damn good. Mm. Like one one when he's kind of like you know trained up and and he's he's kind of comfortable in that skin. But uh, yeah, as as the kind of the journey up, I'm just like, eh, I'm just not seeing it. It's uh, it's kind of like he's not, and then he is. Like, yeah, it kind of just happens straight away. I um, that movie's okay. <laughs> so it's a little catchphrase it's, oh, from Ben. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, I really liked it when I saw it in the cinema. You did. Um, so, I saw so, it so did twice. I. So did I. It's a Marvel and movie. And I thought the VFX for some of those sequences, especially the beginning one with Tilda Swinton's character, mm. where it did the Inception yeah. buildings, that was so impressive mm. um, that I maybe was a little, little lenient on it because it, it was a bit different in, in some of the visuals, but in some of the plotting and the story, it was very typical. I know. It's a little overhyped in that way. It's like, oh, you got to see this movie. It's the most amazing visual stuff you'll ever see. It's like one scene in there. Yeah. Like, and a couple other little bits. And then otherwise it's just Iron Man. It was funny how they tapped into that for the marketing. They're like a visual extravaganza. Yeah, they really ran with it. Mm. Mm. But, you know, you got to run with something. Yeah. Benny, yeah. what did you watch? Um... I'm trying to make this segment run longer and longer each week by <laughs> watching too many things. Um, so I saw the new Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty. Good to have both of them back. They're killing it. I haven't watched Rick and Morty yet. Oh, it's good stuff. It's a good episode. Yeah. Um, I also played the shit out of Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which I mentioned I started. Um, I've 200%ed it. Whoa. It's, um, it's made the, me dislike the series a lot more as well because there's so much cool stuff in that game. Yeah, right. And the, the show doesn't ca capture the charm of it at all, which is admittedly very hard to do. Um, what I've mostly been watching this week, uh, oh no, actually I also saw The Big Sick, um, the new Judd Apatow production um, starring Kumail Nanjiani. Um, it is amazing. It's going to oh, yeah. be in the, the top, everyone's top 10 lists, I think, this year. Um, it's got a lot of hype so far. Is the last this a, couple is of this like, a movie? This is a movie. Cool. <laughs> uh, have you not heard of this movie? I it's heard about um, it. really doing the rounds right now. Yeah. Um, everyone is in love with this film. It's kind of uh, based on the true story of his life um, and kind of how he met his wife and, and how that played out. She got very sick. They had to put her in a coma. And uh, it was very early on in their relationship. And he had to kind of watch over her and look after her in the coma with her parents. And he got to know them. It's a really interesting story. I have heard about this. Yeah, now really. You mentioned this. Like, yeah. Amazingly hilarious and amazingly um, emotional movie. I really like him. He's one of my favorite characters in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, favorite he, actor, he's sorry. on a lot of the podcasts I listen to, especially Harmontown. He did a long stint on that. Um, so I've heard the story of this movie kind of relayed several times by him. And it's really interesting to see it actually dramatized in a, in, in a film. Um, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Um, that is the movie this week that I will be recommending. Cool. Um, and also I saw something that I'm sure so many, many people have scrolled past on Netflix a million times because it looks garbage. Um, Shit's Creek starring Eugene Levy. Um, <laughs> I love Eugene Levy. I know. He's so good. He's, uh, the, the, he's only the dad from American, American Pie, Pie. The only one to be in all eight American Pie films. Yeah. Um, what a guy. Yeah, Was it called Shit's Creek? Shit's Creek. Yeah. Spelled S-C-H-I-T-T. -T. 
Um, I know. It looks like a, a, a one-note premise. Yeah. Uh, it's like a rags to riches. No, riches to rags. Sorry. It's kind of like Arrested Development meets Parks and Rec or something. But um, yeah, it looks like a crappy kind of Big Bang Theory style sitcom, but it's actually hilarious, I've found. I've fallen so in love with it. Um, it's probably not for everyone, but just something about the characters. I've just I've watched three seasons since we last spoke. Wow. Break. Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> wow. So, okay. Yeah. We'll have to give it a Definitely look. don't recommend it to you guys, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't think it's the exactly right person will enjoy it. Yeah, I, from what I've read, people when they fall for it, they really fall hard for it. Yeah. So I'm into it. Cool. Um, I watched uh, something on YouTube. I just uh, this really interesting Steve Jobs documentary. I just decided to chuck on. Mm. Um, I think um, Steve Jobs. Um, it's interesting how he's had, he's got two movies made: the Ashton Kutcher one, <laughs> the Michael Fassbender one, both yeah. uh, dramatizations, dog shit. <laughs> Evidently, I haven't watched either of them, but yeah. they were very underwhelmingly received. The Sorkin one did okay. Yeah, I think, it, but you know, I think they were tepid, yeah. tepid reactions. Um, they're they're autobiopics. Like, I mean, they're just they're not autobiopics. Can be sorry. really good. Mm. Um, but this was really interesting. Um, see, Steve Jobs is a he's a polarizing figure because some people are absolutely in love with him. And mm-hmm. he has this also very narcissistic um, other side to his personality. Mm. And it's, it's such an interesting story. And I almost look, look at it as a cautionary tale, you know, chasing your dreams, um, relentlessly pursuing them and any roadblocks that come in your way, or if anyone tries to destroy you, you know, you just go straight through them. It, it's a really interesting documentary. And what's um, the cautionary part? <laughs> <laughs> that just—that's <laughs> how Connor lives his life every day. <laughs> I just think for—I mean, like I just think the way he lived his life was the cautionary part is that he died quite early in his life, and I know that was cancer, and you can't correlate. You know, those two <laughs> things. Kind of sounds like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be very careful about cancer. I'd caution against it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> No, but I get I, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. He he alienated a lot of people in his life um, through the pursuit of success, yeah. which he got. But you know, was and that he what probably he really burned wanted? himself out. Like I mean, just I. So big we thing. are making a direct link between his work on Apple and cancer. This is this is groundbreaking. Yeah, it's, no, it's not what I said. Um, <laughs> I think, but I feel like that's in terms of though. yeah, just like general health. Um, probably what I don't. I don't know. We're not doctors. How did I like <laughs> slot myself into your position, which I was just like slamming two seconds ago? That's amazing. Yeah. I felt bad for you. I just fell on the sword. Anyway, let's move on to the news. <laughs> hey. All right, it's news time. All right, number one on our list. Uh, the Dark Tower reviews are in, and they are not the looking good. Yeah, it's uh, currently sitting at 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the film. So we've got here that the film was cut down to a brisk 90 minutes. Now I'm curious. What was the original runtime then? Or do we have any information? Two hours. I, d- I don't know what the original is, but just any any big budget kind of movie, especially an adaptation, to be ninety minutes long, like you know they've left a lot on the on the, the cutting room floor, and yeah. it's never a good sign, really. I I can't imagine that that's anything to do with the actors, because from what I've heard, they're relatively good in this, and that they, it was well cast. And McConaughey chews the scenery a bit too hard. Oh, does he really? Yeah, which I can. Yeah, imagine. everyone's saying Idris Elba's fantastic. Yeah, um, that's all they're saying. Idris Elba is fantastic. <laughs> but and then, <laughs> it's just a statement. Actually, actually, that's um, actually no, because I re- I was watching a review of it, and um, the guy said that Idris Elba was phoning it in for certain scenes. Some scenes he was really good. Other scenes he was really phoning it in. So, you know, we'll see. But not looking good. Nineteen percent Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of um. A lot of reports coming out as they do with these productions, like, oh, there's hell behind the scenes, uh, there's too many notes, the producers had no faith in the director and, you know, he wasn't working well with them. Apparently the the first cut that they saw, they wanted to switch to a new director. Yeah, which is a big deal, as we've discussed yeah. in recent news. <laughs> it seems like that that's kind of becoming more of a common thing. Every production, there's another director coming in, swooping in, <laughs> picking up the remnants. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I think it's doing pretty well at the box office, though. It's done. I think it's overtaken Dunkirk. Stephen um, King's got a lot of fans out there, man. U.S. Um, domestic box office. Oh, he certainly does. The people have been waiting for this one for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's ironic though that this, like, the one that his what do they they really call it? His Magnus Opus, Magnum, Magnum Opus. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, 
the best um, in your yeah. body of work. Yeah. Um, but he considers it um, his um, his magnum opus, and it's a shame that they they haven't got this right because there's so much potential. Um, but I well, think, we we uh, think that he hasn't gotten it right. I, I, it's pretty definitive. I, I think, think it's yeah. pretty definitive that like you'll probably like it because yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's just, that's how just it rolls my thing. Sometimes, but um, um, it's so no. If you find enjoyment in that, go go you. It's such a bummer. That, like even if you know we individually like it or something, it's not a success at this point. Yeah, by any stretch. And it's so sad when this happens and and you you see them still talking about like oh we got this plan for the sequel and stuff, and it's like they're just limping along like it's not going to happen. Oh, mate. I know you got to put things. on the face yeah. for the the press tour, but everyone's already made their minds up. Yeah, I'll yeah. Be another Power Rangers. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> the sequel's I'm, coming. Six sequels the, the, coming. The Dark Tower toys will save it. Evidently, yeah. the TV series is coming though. Yeah. So for the I Dark think, Tower, yeah, I think this would naturally lend itself more to a TV series, and I don't yeah, think man. they should have gone for a movie. It'll definitely be interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether they continue on with this idea of doing it after the books, or whether they go for a kind of more straight up um, adaptation and and uh, just kind of copy the books. You um. um Finished up the first book yet? I finished the first book. I'm well into the second. Um, I get how this is going to be a very difficult, like it would be a very difficult thing to put onto screen. Um, his style of writing in general, but just, you know, in particular with this, with this um, piece of work, it's, it's very much in the, in the beauty of the writing. It almost reads like a, a poem. Mm. So I, I think it would be very difficult to translate that into um, movie format. But uh mm. They gave it a try anyways. Tough one to get right. Mm, definitely, yeah. But it's a, it's it's enjoyable, the book? The book's really good. Cool. The book is genuinely good. And, and it, it does not surprise me in the slightest as to why that this is kind of held up as one of his best pieces of work. Um, yeah, not surprising in the slightest. Um, the other thing uh, that we're going to mention is that uh, Sony has now reported a loss of uh, $86 million for the first fiscal quarter, um, which is not a good either. So Sony has not been having too many successes lately, um, obviously with the exception of that massive success of Homecoming, um, which I believe that they got to take the full box office earnings from, Yeah, I believe. So they just need to get Marvel making all their movies, I guess. Yeah, Kevin Feige's Dark Tower, maybe that would have worked. It's a shame. What else has Sony put out this year? Baby Driver? Was that oh. So, oh, that was Sony as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah, so that was like kind of a modest hit, but it's much yeah, That was never going to be movie. a cash cow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of any other big tentpole films they've put out. There, there's nothing's been a huge hit, obviously for him. Um, last year, overall, they had a loss of 719 million. So, yeah, Sony, jeez, they need this Venom thing <laughs> so bad. Oh god, the spite of this. Yeah, they can give it a go. Yeah, Move on. Just looking through these Sony pictures. Okay. Yeah. Anything yeah. this year that, that nothing's really popping out. I think. Yeah. I think I did this recently as well, and and there's not an awful lot there. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Good luck. Good luck we, to them. We Dark are Tower. It's a foregone conclusion. We know ten years from now the only movies are going to be Disney movies. Yeah. It's going to be Marvel and Star Wars. Eat, eat everything. Basically. Else. Yeah. And like Warner Bros. The, just the, kind of limping along. The though. Disney Apple Corporation. Crazy. Moving on, number two, we've got uh, the Hellboy reboot has cast Ian McShane as Professor Brutenholm. Broom. I literally wrote there. It's written Broom. But, <laughs> but Brutenholm sounds better. Okay. <laughs> um, just Professor Broom. Um, uh, but the release date has been pushed back uh, one month to March 2018. Um, we've talked a lot about this, this series, um, the reboot. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I think all of us were hoping for um, the third Del Toro one, um, which we kind of will get in um, his new one, which I can't think of the name. The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. That's right. Yeah, a prequel. Yeah, prequel. Um, but in terms of this story, I, uh, Ian McShane, pretty much in anything, I quite enjoy. Yeah, um, it's um, the role was so perfectly cast in the Del Toro films um, by the late, great John Hurt. So, so perfect. Yeah, who was... Um, in the first film very briefly in the second one. Yep. But um, yeah, Ian McShane is just an absolute boss and I'll happily watch him in anything. Same. And the guy can do a moustache, so he's got my vote. I am so <laughs> G'd for this. I can't believe this is coming out in March next year. It's around it, the corner. It feels very soon. I mean, it's, it's you know, just less than a year away, but like that's... Mm. 
Man, they must have been prepping this for a while now before mm. they let it. It's only recently they've started talking about it in the press, I feel. Yeah, hopefully they don't rush through this too hard and trip over their own feet because this is something that we certainly would like to be good. Oh, man, I am so, so pumped. Did you guys see um, Ron Perlman outrightly saying, like, I'm not doing a cameo? Yeah, yeah, they, they asked him and yeah. his, the quote was, when Hellboy freezes over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because remember there was that... that um, picture of him and Pat Oswalt and yes. uh, David Harbour having yes. lunch. Yes, and, and they all looked absolutely belted. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ron Perlman's not the greatest looking guy at the best of times. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like a mess. You know what? He just like had this vacant look. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm I I have high high hopes for the Hellboy film. Maybe you know I haven't been the biggest. Um, Fan of um, the director Neil Marshall, mm. who did The Descent. He also did um, what was that crazy post-apocalyptic S- one he did? Death Race? No, no, that wasn't him. He did Centurion. Yeah, he did Centurion. I did. I, I liked Centurion. I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a, early Fassbender. It's not um, Oscar-worthy shit, but uh, it's a good little flick. Here we go. What it else was he done? called Doomsday. Doomsday, yeah, that was a wild film, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think I've seen that. Dog, Dog Soldiers as well, that was a I big one. I love Dog Soldiers. Yeah, that's a cool one. Dog Soldiers and Descent, I think, are like fantastic. Yep. Descent is very good. Mm. Oh, and he also did, uh, he directed an episode on Westworld. That's cool. Mm. Well, he's done a lot of Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, he certainly has. Yeah, very good episodes. Well, damn. Rise <laughs> of the Blood Queen, I'm pumped. Hopefully yeah. the starts are... Hellboy shared universe. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get a Hellboy trilogy one day. <laughs> I reckon a BPRD film, I would lose. I would absolutely lose my shit. For people who don't know uh, who the BPRD, it's the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah right? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had to think about that for a if second. If it's not, then... <laughs> I was just making sure you got your like, R's and D's yeah, in the right direction. And that's um, Hellboy's little crew that you see in um, the Hellboy movies. Mm. It's Liz... Ape Sapien, the other guy. Gas guy. Who's the- Played um, by Seth MacFarlane. Um, yeah, who the hell's he? Seth oh, MacFarlane. We're really big fans. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would be cool. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what kind of look they go for, the mm. production design wise for the look of Hellboy. I would do, almost, do you, I know we're very into the whole practical effect thing and that's kind of what they're doing with Hellboy apparently. I'm looking at some of the Mike Mignola art recently. I wouldn't mind seeing like a really well done CG version of him, kind of like how they've done the Hulk now. Because he's like, he's not human proportions by any stretch. So it would be cool to see him kind of done more as he looks in the comics. I think so as well. Mm. I think that would have been interesting. It'd be interesting, yeah. Um, do, you, do you kind of worry that, I mean, Del Toro's version is very, I'm trying to think of the right word. His aesthetic is very particular. And, you know, you watch a film and you get the sense that this is, you know, there's something there that, that he brings to a production. Are you a bit worried that this one's going to feel a bit muted after the, um, the previous Del-, Del Toro version? I think people have to embrace the change because it is going to be different to a Del Toro production. Yeah. Neil Marshall has a much more of a gritty aesthetic. He's mm-hmm. not quite as ornate and flamboyant. And, and in the minutiae, he's more dirty grubby um, violent like violent. in his movies all of them like horrific violent. violence can just come out of nowhere yeah uh, that's why he's so well suited to game of thrones but uh yeah it makes for a kind of uneasy viewing sometimes yeah. so it could be interesting if they lean into more of a horror direction yeah and he's mm. only it's not as much into the creatures and stuff as del toro is but which is yeah that's hellboy, more of what i'm hellboy is it will have creatures in it um i at least it generally the comics do um, lots of myths and legends and, and old folk tale. Presumably um, we'll at least be seeing a blood queen. I mean, if the title is revealing anything. Um, it's a ruse. And they, they, they decide to just not put in a blood queen. Like, yeah, we're yeah. trolling you. Yeah. It'd be great. Oh, well, let's see how we go. March, not far away. We'll not hopefully away see long. some pictures of Hellboy soon. That'd be wicked. Well, we just, we'd have to. Yeah. I mean, it's getting to that point where yeah. they, they only have so much time. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, we've got some DC updates. Now, director David F. Sandberg uh, has commented on Shazam. He has said that every kid dreams of being Superman, right? I mean, I certainly did. And uh, Billy Batson is a kid that gets the chance. 
So it'll be uh, big with superpowers in a way. Um, I think this will be one of the more fun or lighthearted movies so far in the DC universe. It certainly will be a departure. Now, one of the interesting things about that comment is him saying it'll be one of the most lighthearted or one of the more lighthearted movies in the DC universe so far. That is kind of saying sweet fuck all. <laughs> because that is a dark universe as far as uh, um, superheroes go. So, I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of room to play with with that comment. Not even dark, just like stoic and like... Serious. serious so moody and, and brooding and... and yeah, I, they're, they're all buzzwords, but they're the right buzzwords for the Shazam property, definitely. I think. This has got to be something really bright and like I don't want to see like a scene at night in this film. Like it's uh, colorful and, and fun, you know, Shazam. Is this I, the beginning of us seeing, you know, we've heard a bit recently about DC and Zack Snyder, you know, parting ways. Mm. Is this us finally seeing Zack Snyder exit the DCEU, his strangle hold <laughs> on that whole look and feel and aesthetic it's had up until now? You know, maybe now are they dipping into some other genres, dipping into some other tones? Because they a bit of variety. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they pull that kind of tone off, whether they go for a very kind of gradual tonal shift, um, or as Ben, you kind of suggested last week, um, with this uh, the Flashpoint, mm. um, whether they just straight up, you know, switch universes and give the entire thing a, a, basically a soft reboot. Burn the whole thing down. Hard reboot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reset, hold hard that reboot. reset button down for five seconds. I've yeah. been thinking about that a lot since we talked about it. It is so interesting. I think from so many angles, it would just be such a cool thing to do mm. if they really run with it. Mm. Well, I um, I think I, w- I was really onto something when I said I think that Flashpoint, because everyone was reporting it as the Flash movie, I think this is really going to be Justice League 2, essentially. And we kind of got a sort of uh, hint of that this week with um, Forbes reporting that Gal Gadot, 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 is... Um, is do <laughs> Good eye is going to be um, appearing in Flashpoint, which um, would make sense because really if you're doing a Flashpoint story, any variation of it, you're going to have to have everyone on board really. Um, and what's interesting about this is in the, in the kind of the Flashpoint um, parallel universe, the um, Atlanteans and the Amazons are at war and it's a war that's kind of engulfing the whole world. Like I think all of Europe's pretty much sunken. That's cool. Into the ocean. Um, so... Yeah, this version of Wonder Woman, which I, I can't see him going this way, which is like a warlord um, wow. in kind of the Flashpoint story, you know? Like just these, like uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman that's consumed by this war and they're destroying everything. Is Flashpoint kind of like the civil war of DC? Mm, in that there is a civil war, I guess. But like <laughs> one of those war, sort of feature storylines like yeah i mean it's top storylines it's yeah it's it's a huge deal it's it's you know in the vein of all the crisis on infinite earth kind of stories it's it's following that you know every 10 years they just have to reconcile everything and (laughs) and reboot again um but yeah the stuff they could do with a movie with this we've already talked about it but endless possibilities i want to see thomas wayne yeah just mowing motherfuckers down in some badass batman gear yeah that that genuinely, when you talked about that um, in the last episode, it was probably the most excited I've been for any kind of DC movie yeah. that they the haven't announced. The thing is, I don't want to go down this hole again, but they have already ruined the shock of seeing a Batman who kills by having a Batman who kills. Yeah. So like Barry Allen would show up in this alternate universe. One of the things that tips him off is like, <laughs> there's a, you know, Batman's on the streets and he's just straight up killing dudes. And, and like Barry wakes up in this world. He's like, what's happening? Uh, so many things are, are different. So I don't know how they do that in this one since Batman's already a fucking yeah. mass murderer. They could up, they could probably up it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like straight up fucking yeah. machete. That would have to be like <laughs> MA. That would have to be like the MA, that'd have to be R. That would have to be like the beginning of Robocop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just got him people down into into bits and pieces. Yeah. I'm into it. Mm. Yeah. Um so that's a that's our little DC update. Um good luck to you guys. Mm. I just want to continue on record saying I don't think a Shazam movie can really properly be made. So, good luck. <laughs> he said with hope in his eyes. Mm. Um, all right. So, we have uh, our next story, which is the first promo pick for Deadpool 2 uh, featuring Domino, um, was put up by none other than Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool um, himself. Deadpool himself. Uh, we've, we've mentioned this, you know, a couple of times. The marketing campaign so far for this film has been 
fairly genius in that it is essentially one trailer and a bunch of Instagram posts. And it seems like the marketing campaign since the last movie hasn't ended. I feel like <laughs> yeah. Deadpool has been in the conversation. Like they had that trailer which with the homages to Superman, mm. what, around six months ago, four months ago. Mm. I f- yeah, I just feel like they're continually pumping out content. They don't want Deadpool to leave the conversation. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds clearly feels ownership over the character. He's always doing little bits and pieces. He's done a few honest trailers in character. Exactly, has, yeah, that kind of cool. stuff. Mm. Re- and they they know how to do the digital marketing thing um, much better than a lot of other... other uh, studios like doing the honest trailer thing that was a really fun piece of content Mm. um you don't see that a lot Mm. the first movie had such an amazing marketing campaign so it's cool they gave it up yeah this image of her um slying on him yeah like the exact reveal of his costume uh of him lying on the bearskin rug and now he's the rug (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's very cute um but she looks great uh in the role this is another another example of the the, the Hollywood leftist race changing our characters. We've lost another white person. Fucking hell. The internet is a very small corner of the internet is a flame at the it's moment. so strange. I know, it's so stupid. I like, I but really they're like, loud and that's the problem. Yeah. I really like the, what they've done with the look though. Um, kind of giving her um, signature kind of eye um, mark. They've made it the skin condition. Yeah. Um, vitiligo, I think it's called. Uh, Michael Jackson had it. Um, which is really Michael cool Jackson had a, more than just that. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, why is that let's a controversial not, statement? It, that is not, not just let's, let's pigment not issues. That. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's the most famous example of the condition, and um, yeah, looks cool because that's kind of like a real life mutation. Yeah. thing. So yeah, she's got an afro, which people are unhappy about <laughs> i don't know why people yeah. just need to like calm the fuck down i know i know who gives a shit about domino <laughs> <laughs> suddenly there's all these domino fans and like, that's what their life is revolved oh, around They're like oh my god you're yeah. you know destroying my favorite character like, dude, fuck off know, no one no one goes through this life being like oh i can't wait to see domino on screen it's like when idris elbush first showed up at heimdall and everyone's like not Heimdall. What <laughs> <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you're, sh- you're fucking nothing, nothing characters. has got one of the coolest guys in the world yeah. to play him. It's now a badass. <laughs> Thor, Thor was like a, a, a fairly kind of C-grade um, you know, character to begin with, let alone his he, sidekicks. I, I, I reckon good day. C's being cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thor, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and now number five, one of my personal favorite stories of this week, Super Troopers 2 production has wrapped up. Holy shit. I fucking love Super Troopers. I haven't seen Super Troopers in a long, long time. I'm talking like maybe 15 years. Really? I, have, I, I haven't seen watched it again. in even longer. I've have you ever seen it? Seen it? <laughs> oh, my God. Man. It's we, a, it's maybe we should do a retro review on it. It is genuinely one of my favorite. Um, wouldn't it be like an early 90s film, wouldn't it? No, it's around 90, 98 to 2000. I think it's around the turn of the Oh, no, sorry, yeah. late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just genuinely funny. Um, and this is it's interesting because this is a, another film that has um, uh, come about a, from crowdfunding. Um, oh, cool. So they did a, a kind of a crowdfunding video uh, where they locked Farva in a in a trunk um, to get, and then they they I, I can't remember the actual stats, but they blew through their um, their quota in like an obscene amount of time. Like it was, people definitely wanted to see this film. People threw down. Oh, hundred um, percent. And I, I, it's kind of funny because I mean, every time it comes up, I just get the urge to go onto YouTube and and check out all the the, the clips because like it's one of those films. Um, and, uh, you know, like Ace Venture is another one of these that like, as soon as you mention it, everyone's just got to start like jumping in with the quotes that they love yeah. from that film. Not everyone. Um, I, it's funny. I was just thinking of Ace Venture actually, cause I feel like this movie is one of those, you had to be there kind of things. Mm. I feel like if I watch it now, I'm probably not going to get much Napoleon from it. Dynamite. That one is you had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I could watch that again because I watched it when I was young. Exactly. I watched it a bunch of times. I feel like I enjoy it still. But if you watch it now for the first time, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? So yeah, Super Troopers <laughs> came out 2001. Mm. Oh, wow. So I think it is maybe one of those ones you had to kind of be there. It was a dark year. Time. We all needed some laughs. Yeah. When did this come out? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Ben. <laughs> what? I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it came out in January. Oh, all right. 
Um, oh no, it came out in it, uh, it got a wide release in 2002, but it came out at Sundance in 2001. Sundance, anyway, wow. let's just move on from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I'm I'm excited for the. It, it's. I I almost I, I fall into the trap every single time that there's a, a sequel that comes out of a film that I really enjoyed, which is you know I want to see more of that. I really enjoyed the first one. How good would it be to have another one? Um, but so often those sequels fail to capture the magic and the. Oh, hang on. If there's anything the we know, first. it's that it's that you know comedy sequels that have taken more than ten years to come out are really good. Are hilarious. They're great. Yeah, like Anchorman Two, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb, Dumb, Dumbest. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I won't be watching this. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen the first one, no, I, the I, I'm assuming. I don't think comedy ages very well at all. Uh, I just see, now I'm now I'm just interested in to do this almost as an experiment to mm. sit down with you and, and see if you found Watch this my funny. stony face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care because I, j- I can't. Like, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot fathom a world where where someone wouldn't find Super Troopers funny. Like mm. It just to me, it's beyond comprehension. Mm. Fair enough. All righty, that was the news. Now it's our favorite segment. What's that time? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Say right. it, Ben. I'm Say not, it. I'm not your dancing monkey, George. <laughs> Say it. What time is it? It's trailer time. <laughs> it's trailer time. We've what got four trailers this week. First one up, Connor. Uh, it's uh, Death Wish. So this is Eli Roth's new one. Um, Eli Roth of Hostel. Yeah. And the, uh, no, the oh, Bear I, Jew from well, the Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Literally about to say... Every time I think of uh, Eli Roth, all I see is the Bear Jew walking out of that tunnel. Yep. He's funny. He only re- releases a film every so often. He's not kind of, <laughs> he kind of, he seems to be in the Hollywood. He's, I don't know. He's he's friends with everyone. He, fe- he features in films. He produces a lot of things. Mm. He pumps out a film every produces now and then. He produces a lot of things. A he's one of those of names things. you see yep. pop up a lot. Yep. Green Inferno, I think, was his last one. That was. Um, Since 2014 or something. I feel like it got a very slow, drawn-out release because yeah. it was a very controversial film. It's kind of a modern take on Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, he's really into very um, gruesome, gruesome, gruesome horror. I've actually never seen an Eli Roth film, I think. Or actually, I've watched... I think I've seen Knock Knock, the um, Keanu Reeves one, which was kind of fun. Did you see Hostel? No, not interested. Hostel, is, we, we've had this conversation yeah, before. Yeah, Those are the kind of films that hold no appeal to me. You know what? This is just... the difference between Saw and Host- and Hostel. Is Saw is kind of fun. It's a bit more playful. It's, mm. it's still gross and stuff, but it's a little play more playful. And it's about the the mystery and the traps. and The, the first one was, yeah. Hostel is just all out, brutal, like sadistic. It's mm. torture porn. Yeah, torture porn. And very nihilistic leaves you feeling very empty yeah but uh but moving on to death wish um this is a remake of the 1974 film of the same name um and which is in turn based on uh, a 1972 novel written by brian uh, sorry brian garfield like we give a fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. it stars uh, bruce willis as the main character uh, paul Kersey. um no his name's death wish Sorry, my bad. Uh, Death Wish. Yeah. Um, this kind of looks like... Uh, Garbage. A, a very straight... <laughs> that was weird. Sorry, that uh, <laughs> did, did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, this looks like a very straightforward kind of vigilante, Bruce Willis, you know, tough guy film. Bit of a throwback to old school Willis. It Has he ever changed? Like, that's new school Willis, that's old school Willis. It's just it's Bruce Willis. Willis Look, it, it sort of does look like that, but at the same time, I feel like we're living in different times nowadays and a movie like this like this trailer left a very bad taste in my mouth just the the tone of it with the acdc song and everything yes while combining with what is essentially like the george zimmerman story like the guy who shot trayvon martin in the states like yeah you know vigilante stand your ground justice um just kind of disturbing and i, I don't know eli roth has kind of messed around with like kind of satire in the past or he said he has at least with the hostel. I know he kind of defends that as being sort of a satire. It doesn't feel like it. It's it's not there in the text from what I could see. So I I don't know what he's really doing with this. It seems kind of fucked up. (laughs) I I got a really strange feeling whilst watching this trailer. Mm. See when, when the first half of the trailer, when it's pretty dark, yeah, I kind of like, okay, this could actually just be like a, like you're not meant to root for this guy, really. Examination, yeah, and it could almost go down like an observe and report um, line with uh, 
Seth Rogen. Like that was a really dark kind of comedy, but that just had a deluded main character. It was kind of doing like the taxi driver thing. Yeah. In a way. I, but um but then yeah, then the A C D C starts and it's like, no, nah, this is meant to be like a fun Marvel yeah. movie, except with this guy just fucking people up. I I got like an equalizer or John Wick kind of kind of feel to it to begin with. And I thought like, okay, so this could just be a little bit of a dark kind of action film. Mm. Um and I was like, you know, totally that makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of it's nothing new or exciting, but hell I'll watch it. Um but yeah, you're right. As, as soon as that A C D C uh, music comes in you're just like this is a like are they trying to be funny and kind of quirky with this like mm. it's just not He's like doing the, the the fun little one-liners and shit yeah uh, <laughs> that was yeah. A terrible one-liner as well about the jack oh yeah um, <laughs> well that in the end to be like you just keep doing what you're gonna do I'm like yeah I, I will thanks yeah just like this is just f- weird and flat and i'm not sure what this movie's meant to be it's just a punisher movie except he's not friends with daredevil so i'm not interested <laughs> yeah I, i'm not convinced eli roth he hasn't really impressed me in the past. And yeah, as I said, I got a strange feeling after watching this, after everything you guys said, mm. just felt tonally. I don't know whether I'm supposed to root with, for this guy. I don't know what this angle is. I guess we'll see. Uh, I don't know if we'll go see this one, but. Oh, yeah. I'm not watching this. <laughs> yeah. um, on to our second trailer. It was Mindhunter. So this is Mindhunter. Yeah, this is a Netflix produced yes. uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, mm. um, and it's based on the book Mindhunter Inside the FBI's Elite Serial Crime Unit, um, written by Mark Olshaker. Olshaker, <laughs> Mark Olshaker. I speak the English. Um, set in 1979, um, so it really kind of revolves around um, the FBI and their kind of uh, evaluating criminals and understanding the mind of a criminal and psychopaths and so on and so forth. Um, developing the whole thesis of of serial killing, yeah, which is cool. It's an interesting story. It's funny to think of a time when people were kind of opposed to the idea of like serial killers as a thing. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's yeah, yeah. There's, that there's, is that's an interesting thought. Mm. Yeah, I, I hesitate because there's a lot of there's still a lot of misconception about kind of criminality and. Um, and psychosis or uh, and, and psychopathy and and all that and and um i kind of get you know when there's a a movie that breaches a topic that you happen to know something about and on the one hand you're like i just want to enjoy the movie for what it is and not have to worry about how accurate it is but on the other hand you're like that's fucking wrong that's fucking wrong that's fucking yeah wrong. i get that with movies about ninja turtles i'm like that's not <laughs> that's, not that's not how Ninja that's, Turtles actually work. No, like, God. Yeah, so I, I have a feeling that I'm going to go into this film just being like a little bit. Uh, that's not. That's not right. Series based. Yeah. based on this. Um, this book though, you would think it should be fairly. I don't know, objective in some way. Uh, more of like um, detailing the the process of what actually kind of happened in the seventies. Dark side to forensics. That's just. A good chunk of it's just made up. It's <laughs> yeah. just bullshit. Yeah. Um, Did you ever watch Dexter? I haven't watched Dexter. Oh man, the things he could tell from a blood spatter. Oh, oh yeah, but that kind of stuff. Like this is so. Um, this is a, a field that my um, uh, my mother actually works in, mm. and um, and watching crime shows with her when I was a kid was the worst thing ever because she she'd literally do that. I'm like that's not true. The day that I found out facial recognition is bullshit, I was like, well, fuck. That's like half the shows on TV are just out the door. You CSI Miami. How does Facebook do it then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, back in, you know, back in the day. Um, but like, yeah, you know, I found out like Criminal Minds, that's all bullshit. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but what about CSI Miami? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, CSI Miami is like totally legit. Nailed it. Yeah, the sunglasses. Spot on. <laughs> Punch in. Um, hey. See, so it'll be, it'll definitely, it'll be interesting. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I don't give a shit about uh, real life. Yeah, <laughs> so give me a cool TV series by David Fincher. You're a big Fincher guy, aren't you, George? Big Fincher guy. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really heard what he's going to be doing since Gone Girl. I guess he's doing World War Z. That's been confirmed, right? That is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is what he's been doing in the meantime. Mm. Pumped. Big, it- big, big fan of um, his uh, film from 2007, Zodiac. Mm-hmm. It looks like a similar, in some way, similar examination of a serial killer. So mm-hmm. um, I, I period never- setting. That kind of thing. I never saw Zodiac, but that's the one that kind of relaunched um, Robert Downey Jr.'s career, isn't it? No, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was the one that really set mm. him on fire. Mm. 
Okay. But that was one. That was one of them. But was that Danny was Jr. that during plays his a, plays a, a reporter side role? What's um, in a lot of ways? Okay. When was uh, Zodiac set roughly? Um, I think late seventies. Because I was thinking maybe surely if they're doing a series about serial killing, the Zodiac killer would be mentioned potentially. Maybe could be cool. Could be a little companion piece. Maybe a Fincherverse. Yeah, expanded mm. Fincherverse. Let's do it. Yeah. Going here first. Maybe Mark um, Zuckerberg will show up. Yeah, Gone Girl teams up with. Uh, Zuckerberg yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. I love Gone Girl. I really, really love that movie. It's a masterpiece. It's fucking amazing. Fuck. Mm. Fincher. Fincher's one of those guys who, after all said and done, oh, shooting on film, shooting on IMAX, <laughs> you look at a David Fincher film that's shot on digital and you're like, yep. Don't give a shit. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. As long Him, as they're um, using the tool in the right regard mm. for their intention. Did you the guys enjoy his uh, version of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Loved it. And I love both versions. Mm. That that opening is probably one of the more exciting openings of any film in the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, or more. I remember because that's- cover as well. Yeah. That's back when we um, were all still working at the cinema yeah. together. And uh, that was one that I, I really, really enjoyed ushering because I got to hear that mm. uh, intro in the beginning. Yeah. It was um yeah that opening was so good that American Gods stole it like wholesale. Oh really? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, like uh-huh. seriously, it, it it's a much more kind of neon saturated look, but it's very similar. And it's even got the oh really? Yeah, they've done their own stuff. Like they've clearly used it as a temp track and been like, I want I want something like this, but I don't want to get sued. Yeah. Well, that was the other interesting thing because um Led Zeppelin was at least notorious for not allowing their songs to be covered or notorious. or uh, you know being allowed to use it in film. One of the notable exceptions was School of Rock, <laughs> which and they only allowed their song to be used. I believe it was Immigrant Song as well. Um, only allowed to use when they saw actually Jack Black doing his um his like version. his version of it or him dancing to it. <laughs> um, and they're like, ah, no, that looks pretty cool. Fuck it, they do it. Um, so yeah, so that that'll be uh. All Faith and Fincher. Yes. Um, the next one that we've got for the trailers is Suburbicon. Um, so this is George Clooney's directorial. Is it his debut? No. Not at all. He's, no, he's done quite a he's few. He's been directing since the 90s. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, no, but it's uh, directed by George Clooney um, and written by George Clooney and the Coen Bros. Um, and it, it stars Matt Damon. So yes. it's got some some heavy hitters behind it. The sequel to Tomorrowland, Suburbicon. Oh boy, uh, based off the Disney ride Suburbicon Adventures. It looked, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what are you? Where the fuck are you pulling this shit from? That's all. Uh, that's, that was all in the trailer. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you not say that because I'm like shiny. someone's gonna be like, yeah, that sounds right, and that someone ball. might be me. I thought it looked like there was like a science fictiony thing going on at first. I was confused. Yeah. So this is set like 1950s. Sure. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. It's kind of like one of these manufactured cities out in the mm. Midwest. New, like the nuclear towns is what yeah, you, or the nuclear towns, fam- yeah. so t- family. 50s, 60s. You know, we're not historians, so. That's Look, I, I don't care when it's set. I, it seems to have like a cool vibe to it. Um, that kind of quirky vibe, I feel, works really well for trailers. I, it's, uh, it can work well for full films, um, but I think it, it's, it's often... Um, could just come come across as a gimmick. And Clooney's um, directed films are pretty hit and miss, and I find the deciding factor generally is whether he's making like a kind of a comedy or a quirky film or like a really serious movie. His serious stuff is fantastic, like Good Luck and Good Night, um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, um, and The Ides of March I really liked as well. That was kind of like um, House of Cards before House of Cards. But um, his funny stuff like Leatherheads and uh, The Monuments Men is very... Oh, Monuments Men. Yeah. That's like, right. Whatever. <laughs> Ides of March. Was that the one with... Um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. And uh, George Clooney. George Clooney himself, yeah. yeah. That was I, really I, cool I, movie. I missed that one. Oh, but, check um, it out. A lot of people... If you like House of Cards, yeah. I reckon check it out. But um, And Coen Brothers as well, um, they are my favorite directors of all time. I think every movie they've made is fantastic. Almost. And they, they've had a relationship with Clooney. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. They've done a lot of films together. But um, their written films, the films they've written for and not directed, are also very hit and miss, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say that's actually what kind of gave me faith in this, is the fact that they've written it. But I'm, I'm not as familiar with the ones that they've written but not directed. So if you could give Bridge a couple of examples. Bridge of Spies was um, 
put me on trial here, are you gonna? I will. Yeah, <laughs> Bridges Fires was one. Um, there was that. Yeah, uh, that and, was met with like generally praise. Did I miss something? <laughs> no, that was. That, I love Bridges Fires. That okay, was, I think, good, probably yeah. the best thing they've written and not directed. Um, it was also an, an Angelina Jolie one. Uh, the spy uh, one. No, it was about not salt. Her um, God no, no, it was one where her baby goes missing or something. Changeling. No, I don't think I'm thinking of the wrong one. But uh, they have one with her, which was like whatever, and uh, a few other things here and there. They, their names kind of turn up in weird places you don't expect. Yeah, they have yeah. such a signature kind of um, style mm. with their own films, but yeah. then they'll just write some random things. Just to put you on, you know, kind of trial, both of you. Do you guys have a favorite Coen Brothers film? Fucking hell, no. To be honest, okay. I'm, I'm, Inside Lewin Davis. Oh wow! Which one? Inside Lewin Davis. That's okay. the Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I Isaac. think I think that's probably one of like the three eleven out of ten movies I've ever seen. Yeah, right. Um, that movie fucking changed my life. I don't life. think I've ever seen it. Oh, fuck me, dead. Yeah, that was Oscar Isaac, kind of one of his big first leading roles, and it is a tour de force. He plays a musician, kind of in the in the vein of like Bob Dylan yeah. and he does all his own music in the film and just delivers this amazing uh, performance it's incredibly affecting yeah um, I'd have to say Big Lebowski I mean I'm just not across their earlier stuff their mm-hmm. 90s stuff um, other than Big Lebowski mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to see their first feature Blood Simple I think it is yeah because um, I love I love seeing early directors especially when they tap into film noir. Well, they were very closely linked to Sam Raimi, so you yeah. might be interested. They got a very zany style early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Lebowski seems like the the kind of obvious choice. It's probably the, one of the more famous ones. Mm. Um, I I can't go past Oh Brother because mm. I I really love that film. And you know, you know I'm a Dapper Dan man. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day, I, I really enjoyed Bluegrass. Oh Brother, as well, we're so. out though. Yeah, mm. you know that was one of the first films to use digital first. color grading. Yeah, really. Yeah, Pioneer. There you go. And um, that's, it had that very uh, sort of, um, what's that color? You got you were saying it earlier today. Sepia. About your, um, isn't it, it doesn't have quite an orangey blue. Mm, teal. 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 Oh, teal, that's yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. You guys are talking about your rock climbing yeah. colors. <laughs> Teal's the expert one. Um, <clears throat> see, if we're going down this road now, I'm just thinking about all the Coen Brothers. Like, a serious man as well is... Um, Fuck, just unbelievable. I love that movie. Did you like the Lady Killers? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of that and um, Intolerable Cruelty are kind of the two that are held up as their bad movies, and I still yeah. really like them. Uh, very surprised that no one has mentioned no, no Country for Old Men. I feel like that's like the, the film, that and Lebowski, those mm. ones who people who don't really know the Coen brothers, mm. they say, oh, I love those movies. <laughs> love but they the are Coen good brothers. films. Like, you can't, like... I think... I think for me, No Country for Old Men is awesome, but it's slightly overrated, mm-hmm. slightly compared to, let's say, Lebowski. I think mm, that meets yeah. the hype. We're going to have to do an entire episode on this. I'm just going through there because they're one of those ones where you're right. Their name like pops up and I always like, for some reason, I just, if I go through a list, I'm like, oh, I fucking love those films, but they never jump yeah. out. So things like, you know, True Grit. Um, Burn After Reading, which I watched I very recently. Burn After Reading. So good. That's I held it as, uh, people hate that one. People were there. a bit, t- because Coen Brothers got so popular after No Country, because they got so much press, and this was their follow-up, and it was just this wacky comedy where a very <laughs> famous actor gets shot right in the head yeah. <laughs> yeah. halfway through the film, and it's like, holy I shit. I loved that movie when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, so much I, fun. I've only seen it once, though. Um, Hudsucker Proxy as well, I really enjoy. Oh, and wow. The Man Who Wasn't There, holy crap. Billy yeah, there, there, there's just an. I could do and, this all day. Did, yes, what? Let's watch. Did Coen Brothers do movies. or attached in some way to Fargo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah that was him. Um, I've become so like uh, non-confident when I say shit like that in front of <laughs> yeah, you, Ben. Like, because yeah, yeah. like, every once in a while, like I'll just get something wrong, and then it's just fucking <laughs> game over, man. We actually have to record. Twice now, you, we do the first one where Connor gets everything wrong, and then we yeah. come back to him, and he gets like seventy <laughs> percent of the stuff right. Uh, What's our last one, dude? dude? <laughs> I got distracted by looking up all the uh, <laughs> all the Con Brother ones. Um, the last one is so I actually had someone from work send me this trailer. I I heard nothing about it, um, but I'll be damned if it isn't one of my favorite trailers of the week. Uh, American Vandal. So this is a uh, Netflix eight-part series 
um, that is uh, a. Uh, it's like a satire. A satire, parody, um, parody um, of the 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 kind of the true crime. Uh, documentaries Making a murderer and what yeah, yeah which ironically netflix made very famous yeah. recently <laughs> um but they've just decided to turn around and, and obviously have had some self-awareness and um just taking the piss out of it looks very funny it's about people drawing dicks um and what more do you want it's like it's so straight-faced they've <laughs> it captures the style of those those, yep. those documentaries mm-hmm. so perfectly i think this is something like when it comes up you know, an eight-part series. It almost feels like part of the joke. I'm like, surely there's not actually eight episodes of this. I feel like it's something that'll work very well as a trailer. I don't know if it's an actual full series. I wonder. Um, that's that was the first thing that came to my mind was how will they be able to extend this out over eight yeah. episodes? I think, will they be able to? I think because if they manage to do it for things like making a murderer, which when you get to the end of it, it's all pretty straightforward. Like there's twists and turns, but it's it doesn't need to be like you know yeah. twelve hours long or yeah. whatever. So I think they're kind of going to play with that a lot. But making a murderer gassed out, I felt towards yeah, the three quarter mark. Yeah, like the, the I'm afraid that that will maybe be in the first quarter. Yeah, I don't like know. First th- couple episodes, like oh, this is hilarious, and then yeah. like three. Oh, ooh, <laughs> yeah, they're still going this, this joke. This is still happening. Out. That's that's my concern. But the tra- as you said, the trailer was so good, very funny, so funny. Mm. Always love a good mockumentary. Big fan of The Office. Big fan of um. Well, I used to be a big. I used to love all the Chris Lilly stuff. Haven't watched them in a while. They don't um, hold up as well yeah, in our current um, yes. kind of mm. uh, yeah uh, sociological awareness. He <laughs> got slammed on uh, the social medias <laughs> for his. Um, he did a blackface video, mm. and it was just like, dude, like just getting, getting harder to defend. Just <laughs> like stop. Doing that <laughs> and move forward. I I feel like whatever your political kind of stance might be on that, it's just not a good idea. Just as a general rule for everybody, I think don't do blackface. That's yeah. just even if you, even if you think it's hilarious, and it's the best thing in the world, and you're all for it. Just don't do it. Yeah, yeah just don't do it. And don't like try. And, if you do it, then don't come out and just try and like justify it with some like you know long winded explanation. Just be like, just cop it. Or if if you, you do did do, back blackface, you're, yeah, you, you fucked if, up. If you do do it. Do it like we do on a podcast so no one can see you. <laughs> I like how we're giving a tutorial for blackface. Like, where the, how the hell do we get down that road? All right, George, we're moving on to your favorite section. George's Star Wars Corner. Step on in. Here we at. So there's not too much that happened this week. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to talk about was um, episode nine news. Um, so they've added Jack Thorne on as a writer so jack thorne um he wrote uh the latest harry potter play harry potter and the cursed child with jk rowling and um he's like a very well-known british british uh writer now this is really interesting because colin trevorrow has up until this point been writing and directing this film (laughs) with his writing partner um, whose name I have misplaced. Um, we'll get that. We'll get doesn't really matter. Sec. Who cares about him? <laughs> um, what is happening with episode nine? Like it's a bit of reshuffling. Yeah, Lucasfilm, well, as we all know, they're notorious for this. They'll do it at any point in the production. Mm-hmm. They will kick directors off three weeks before the end of a shoot. Like there's no limits. To what they can do. So, first things first, is Colin Trevorrow going to get shifted? Because, I mean, what was that film he did? The Book, Book of, of Henry. The Book of Henry. Yeah. Like, Naomi Watts didn't turn <laughs> up to the review. I mean, sorry, the um, the premiere. Um, it's gone absolutely destroyed by critics. Yeah. Even if, like, if we know nothing about this, what I do know is that Colin Trevorrow right now is just sweating bullets. Yes. Like he is, you got to be thinking. Like just seeing so many guys get the axe in the same position, he's definitely looking at this, being like, "Holy fuck!" This poor and, guy is probably just like, "Please, just pull the trigger. I can't." Yeah, and normally, like a director could probably just get stuck enough into his work where you're like, "Look, I'm already invested in this enough. You can't pull me off it." But he knows that Disney doesn't give a fuck. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care if you're like two weeks from finishing your, uh, you know, <laughs> production. Like, 
we will fire you. Yeah. That pressure, like you can't just be like, oh, it's week two, I'm probably going to be fine. You're like, yeah. all the way to the end, it's like, this could have the hammer. Could yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a fucking nervous breakdown. Very, very interesting. Um, the only two Star Wars films that have held their course with directors are ep- uh, in this new Star Wars um, iteration. Of which there is only two? Um, but talking about <laughs> talking about also Han Solo and The Last Jedi, mm. including... Okay, so those. out of the four. So JK, uh, JK, um, JJ Abrams uh, mm-hmm. and... Hopefully, Ryan Johnson makes it all the way to the end. Yeah. Which but, again, so you those, just are never know. those are episodes. Those are episode films. These yeah. aren't spin-off. These aren't a Star Wars stories. These are episode films. So, the fact that they're bringing this in, I reckon Trevor is fucked. <laughs> I reckon he's fucked. Yeah, and it's 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 unfortunate to see the episodes poisoned like this. I mean, the spin-offs were. If they were good, it would have been nice. Like, it would have been a good addition. It would have just kind of made me feel as though that the Star Wars universe was just a little bit more solid. Um, the fact that they aren't, um, and presumably not going to be, um, doesn't doesn't really take away from the the main epi- uh, episodes. Yeah, you can still be a purist and be like, no, it's fine. The, the, the main series yeah. is untarnished, yeah. <laughs> except for episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> except for half of the ones that are out now. Yeah. Um, it, it, but uh, it would have been nice if you could have had all these three just kind of remain untarnished. It does seem as though that's leaking a little bit on yeah. that that last leg, which will be disappointing if you start seeing production problems with that because traditionally the you know number um, you know fucking seven and eight have been so solid yeah. as far as the productions or seemingly at least. It's funny. Star Wars is actually you know your mileage may vary, but it's at like a fifty percent hit rate right now, yeah. like perfectly. So episode it's eight is gonna hopefully swing it into the good for a little bit and then Han Solo maybe <laughs> bring it back down. <laughs> it's amazing that Han Solo yeah, is coming out of the bring balance to the force yeah. at all times. I it's, guess. it's funny to think about this when you th- when you think about um some of the greatest kind of franchises um re- you know kind of in recent history, you, you think about Star Wars, you think about um Indiana Jones, you think about um Lord of the Rings, and they they have this such solid kind of three films and then around it are utterly shit films. Yeah. And if you think about Lord of the Rings as a, as a franchise is on a 50% hit rate. Yeah. But those three are considered some of the best films of the last 20 years, 30 years or, you know, ever. Um, Same thing with star Wars, such an iconic franchise, such a, just a solid three films with a 50% hit rate. It's insane. Mm. It's an interesting observation. And it also speaks to how good those original films are, that this is still a worthy franchise yeah. that people are, are still going back to. Yeah, any franchise that could survive the prequels is pretty impressive. I wonder when they're going to do a bit massive overhaul and then the, this whole reboot thing. Reboot of Star Wars, that'd be a will, bold move. Will just know like the, re, the reinvention, the reinterpretation of old franchises. Um, I wonder when we will start seeing more more new IPs developed because there will I, I think there will be a change. It has to be a turning point eventually. Yeah, can't keep going this way. Yeah, but there's only so many stories to tell realistically. Well, there are, but there's different ways to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there, there's a very clear distinction between you know new IPs and, and yeah. just kind of reusing old stuff. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with episode nine. I think we're, uh, we're maybe getting a bit dramatic about it. There's just a, yeah. a new writer attached. Trevorrow, I think, could deliver a fantastic movie if he's got a great script. Yeah. He's, he's capable as a director, I think. He, he makes movies. He makes movies, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's George's Star Wars Corner. Um, now, before we moved on to Question of the Week, I was going to mention this a little bit earlier, but we kind of uh, got over, overshadowed a little bit. I wanted to bring up something from a previous episode. Uh-oh. Two things, and they were actually two things that you said, Ben. Yes. So, first of all, um, and these both have to do with our review of War of the Planet of the Apes. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, was a comment about Rotten Tomatoes. And, and I, you know, kind of, spoiler, I didn't, I, I was a little bit disappointed with the film. Yeah. Um, and you said that was contrary to 93, a 93% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And you, of all people, I think, should know better than that. Because a 93% um, rating on Rotten Tomatoes could mean that 93 people think it's just passable. Yeah. I don't think I mentioned it, but I do think, yeah, that I, I was thinking at the time that your review would have constituted a positive review overall. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that because it's been something that's been niggling me. The other thing that's been niggling me, <laughs> this is number two, <laughs> oh, is, is 
you uh, <laughs> I know I've just been thinking about this like yeah. every once in a while like float into my head like, like that oh, motherfucker yeah, why, why are you holding me by the neck I'm not enjoying this yeah <laughs> uh, the other one was you made the comment that this is the um, best trilogy of oh, the 21st yeah, yeah, century yeah, yeah no I, I know I left out um, Lord of the Rings and Toy Story I would say would be the okay. Toy Story came out okay, in okay well that's good then they were sweet first yeah. Toy Story so yeah. I think those would be the only but Lord other, of the, the Rings is collectively though. in the 21st yeah. century yeah I didn't so. I didn't um, catch on at that time but um, yeah, I think those would be the three okay. options, like the only three options. Yeah, really. just a bit of housekeeping. Thought mm. I'd bring it up. Yeah, just thought you'd try and uh, try and nail me on that, and uh, I'm way ahead of you. It seems. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, way ahead of me is uh, you've done you the Dan Harmon thing, which is like car. if I've shot you myself, you can't shoot me through the hole that I've already shot. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Breeze through it. Yeah. All righty. Question of the week. Yeah. What do we got, George? I don't know what the question is. <laughs> oh, fine. That's the question. Uh, we got What's one in from uh, Jamie, um, and he asked... Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Um, he asked us, what's the movie that hits you in the feels every time? Just just pounds you right just in there. Gets you I'm going to go first. You're going to go right. first? All right. Oh, he's tearing up already. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story 2, man. Yeah. Toy Story 2 hits oh, me in the Jesse feels. Jesse song? Yeah. <sighs> Jesse song. It's like... <sighs> Fight, fight, the, fight tears. the tears. When fight the tears. When somebody loved me by Sarah McLaughlin. Holy crap! That is yeah, a, insane. A killer. Yeah, that's um. Even when I was a kid, man, like all the way to now, mm. I just it hits me in the feels, and I can't think of many other films that really. Yeah, that particular sequence. That's 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 the magic that Pixar can do. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the, where they can tell just a finite idea. With a song and visuals, and really affect you in that way. That's the magic. Yeah, the movie's yeah. great, and it all works fantastically. But that is almost too sad. Like yeah. it's, it's too much. Yeah. yeah, like especially I think as people get older, you yeah. know, with listening to that song. Like you, if you just happen to be alone listening to that song, it's you're done. Yeah. You're, you're all over. Yeah. That's the definition of like kicking a dead horse. Like he's <laughs> yeah. already dead. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm glad you guys like agree with me. different to the yeah, definition. Well, yeah, no, just, it's overkill. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, ben, do you have one? Uh, yeah, I think um, animated movies in general really get me. Yeah. Like, um, pick one pick one movie because I'm going to foresee an issue that's going to come up here. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I've got one. Okay. But um, just, yeah, a lot. there's something about the the animation is just kind of heightened, especially the musical ones and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But um, I think the one that really, um, really just makes me fucking melt into a puddle is the Iron Giant. Oh, um, yeah. The, the end when he says <sighs> Superman. And as a huge Superman fan as well, that just like opens the fucking gates and I'm just like, bah! <laughs> and he just flies off and explodes. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is uh, the most amazing ending Superman. ever. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Vin oh. Diesel, amazing. Yeah, um, film. I had a lot of uh, a lot of difficulty picking one, but because there's a subset, but um, uh, probably Wally. Um, at the end when he's getting crushed, that just destroys me. Oh, just yeah. watching him just try and like push, and he's just, oh fuck. And to be honest, every Pixar film, mm. I rewatched Lion King recently. When he oh mm. that like a lot of Lion King. Does oh fly, oh yeah. my god! Yeah. And like Hans Zimmer and just that. Fucking that stampede scene. Yeah, I can hear it all. Fucking yeah. destroys me um, every time. The king. Yeah. Jeremy yeah. Irons. <laughs> oh, stop it, please. <laughs> um, that, I mean, and there's the iconic up. Yep. Like, it's, it's something so about Pixar, man. They just feed off the tears of. Are there any actually real human, real people human movies? movies that no. <laughs> I, I was, I, when I was working at the cinema, <laughs> I walked into the last ten minutes of uh, the boy in the striped pajamas. Oh yeah, that was pretty close. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, you know what? One that hit me in the feels this year was Lion. Okay, uh, yeah, I've, I, I've yeah. heard that. <laughs> I I was in tears for the past. The I still last, haven't like, seen Lion. Minutes. Yeah. It's um, it's unexcusable. But I have a friend who it. doesn't doesn't cry in movies, and and she said that she couldn't even see the movie by the end because yeah, it just threw <laughs> just her, like yeah, a watery yeah. Same thing with my mate. He, he went, um, I think he went to the premiere, and he just came back. He's like, yeah. just oh, just bald the entire time. What, what, Johnny, what's wrong with your eyes? No, no, <laughs> no it's just it's just dust. <laughs> I um, 
I'm a pretty easy mark actually in movies because I don't feel emotions in real life. Yeah. But when I'm watching movies, um, it happens quite often. I think yeah. there's a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's quite debate. There's a lot of debate around it. <laughs> um, so I, I do it all the time. I think the last one was Train to Busan did it for me. That The little girl in that movie, her performance absolutely got me. Ash watched that. I was doing something else while she was watching it. So I saw a few bits. But yeah. I can't wait to chuck that on. Yeah, it's I'm cool going to try and watch that. You said you were week. watching it the other day. You did, yeah. You texted me and I was like, good on yeah, you. Yeah, you texted and me as well. Yeah. All, all night, I was living a lie, just being like, I'm happy for George. <laughs> I was, and then something came up, so I had to okay. divert my attention. Mm. But I will, um, I will hopefully watch it for next week. See, so you're a liar. That's cool. <laughs> oh, fucking God. I'm just about to hit you over there with this fucking microphone. You'll be crying in a sec, Connor. <laughs> Well, that's it. Another episode of the the weekly movie show done and dusted. That was fun. We'll have our review for Atomic Blonde up later in the week. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back next week. Some more movie fun, more trailers, more Georgia Star Wars Corner, (laughs) more our favorite weekly segment question of the week. It's going to be great. And it's going to be here with me as Connor's. (laughs) See you, George. And Benny's. That was great. Bye. That was just like a (laughs) ramble. See ya. (laughs) 